0: Hello everybody and welcome back to yet another episode of Ramble in the Jungle. I am Arvind and as usual we have Akash here. What's up Akash? What have you been doing? Good morning. I have been waiting
1: for you because you took some time uh, uh, but you <laughs> don't
0: have to tell it to the world
1: <laughs> see everybody knows you show up late oh you're not please. a punctual guy so... I am the most
0: punctual guy so I this should... is a revelation for everyone uh sure uh well today we uh, today we are discussing a book a very interesting book which uh, you suggested it is uh, jonathan livingston siegel am i right or did i is it the order the other way around jonathan seagull no oh, that's right that's right <laughs> yeah jonathan livingston siegel by richard Bach. um uh, it's a very interesting book so akash is the one who has read the book and i have just read the summary and the summary was quite enticing uh it's 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 sort of a uh, philosophical book. Is that is that the right categorization, Akash? Yeah, it's it's in parts
1: of a philosophical book. It's in parts uh, a random story. Okay. Um, but but can you the, like like the
0: summarize w- summarize it uh, for for the people? Sure. So don't know about it.
1: So the reason I read it is uh, because two weeks ago, I think the most famous person in India was once again Rahul Dravid, or at least the most. Uh, talked about person in India was Rahul Dravid. Because or Indira Nagar. <laughs> add. Yeah. Uh, Indira Nagar Khagunda. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I rewatched one of his uh, old interviews. Uh, and in one of the interviews, he, he mentions that as a 16-year-old, just before, I think, uh, eight years or six years before he made his debut, um, he read this book, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, which was rec- recommended to him by his coach at the NCA um and 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 it really and it really inspired him in many ways and since there's obviously no self-written autobiography of 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 uh of the great man i thought that it, it would be a good way to peer into his mind because he's he's sort of a different uh cricketer than than most people he's calmer he's more uh, uh coach like more stoic more good-natured more whatever there's a reason why uh, the, the, the Indian cricketing community looks to him in any time of distress so in order to sort of understand uh, him um, this sort of picked up the book and it was it's a very short book and you know it, it, it's quite surprising that you can learn a lot about a cricketer by knowing about a seagull uh, but it that did happen um, it's in his words this is a book uh, on the seagull's quest for excellence. And it tracks the life of Jonathan Livingston Seagull. That's the name of the protagonist. Uh, and it's written as a fable. So it's a short story written, a uh, short fictional story written from the perspective of uh, the seagull, of how the seagull is so different from the rest of the flock and, uh, How because of that he's made to be an outcast and he he searches for excellence, finds it, uh, brings that piece of excellence to the rest of the Seagull community, uh, coaches and trains people in order to achieve the same excellence that he has achieved, and then eventually, eventually fades away. And that is in four very nicely written parts, Uh, and it's interspersed with a lot of pictures, as in a lot of black and white pictures with not a single human being present. Uh, the book is very very short so it'll take you it's, it's about a 120 page book 60 percent of which is pictures uh-huh. so uh, it, it is it is just a, an immensely quick read but probably have to read it a couple of times in order to you know get the perspective that I was seeking which is the perspective of 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 the great cricketer uh, yeah. but but yeah in many ways it's it's true what he says is a lot of which a lot of it is learned from uh, Richard Bach's uh, book
0: very interesting. And by the way, what a book to be uh, uh, reading at the age of sixteen, like when you're just getting started, and you come across. I mean, uh, I haven't read the book, but I did read the summary, and uh, the the coming across such a, you know, philosophy or such a mindset that you know you can achieve excellence uh, at, at at the age of sixteen, and that's a that's a very good book to come across that age. And no wonder he uh, Rahul Ravid has sort of, you know, uh, been considered as a legend in world cricket. So great. Uh, so yeah, the book talks about uh, there being a greater seagull, uh, the one that has uh, flown uh, uh, the highest or, or, or soared the highest and more than any other uh, living seagull. And uh, all the other seagulls uh, do believe uh, that there exists such a thing, but they believe that they can't be uh, such a seagull, right? Uh, it's sort of it's sort of uh, uh, equivalent to a society, uh, our current society, where you know people believe uh, that the people who achieve greatness are special, and that they do not have in themselves to achieve such a such a quest or such a huge uh, achievement uh, which which i personally do not believe to be true uh, certainly everybody has some sort of limits be uh, be it physical which which is often most looked at and mostly it is mental the mental one uh, is definitely it, it can be overcome although it is a huge uh, sorry overcame uh, uh, but uh, it it is it is a huge task, I do agree. But the, but the mental aspect is often the one that sort of, your, that sort of limits your physical aspect. Uh, do you agree on that part, Akash? Yeah,
1: and I think that um, the, in, in terms of the mental aspect, uh, it's more so about what other people's mentalities put on you rather than what you put on yourself or because of what other people's mentality is. You sort of put a negative mentality on yourself or rather than that you put a limitation on yourself and that happened um, in 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 the book where uh, in this particular book all that was going on in the seagull community was the only goal for a seagull was to uh, fly in order to eat food eat food in order to live and live to eventually die right there was no Uh, quest for excellence or any sort of pushing the limit in in the entire seagull's life except for jonathan where where he the only thing he wanted to do was fly and he wanted to do wanted to fly um, at a fast pace he wanted to fly in a different way he wanted to fly in the dark he wanted to fly throughout the day he wanted to do you know all of these tricks while flying like rolls and pinwheels and all of these things um and and he did that in spite of the mentality of a lot of other people. Yes, he could have certain physical attributes that, that uh, allowed him to do that. Mm-hmm. Because again, most there's probably a reason why most seagulls didn't. And there's probably a reason why most people don't do certain things, whether it's uh, run a certain distance, or lift a certain weight. They're genetically predisposed not to do that. But more so, it is also a societal thing which tells uh, um young seagulls, young men and women, that uh, this is not the course you're supposed to take because excellence does not come to anyone. Um, but there are very few who would be able to sort of persist with that excellence. And, and this uh, particular person, uh, sorry, this particular seagull uh, was, was in that quest and did achieve that, had failures like everybody. There's one instance in the story where you almost hit a cliff while flying too fast into the water in the depths of the night while while flying too fast but got back up and still went uh, through with it
0: hmm. but let's let's talk about the uh, the sort of reaction of the crowd uh, mm-hmm. i'm guessing you know when uh, uh, jonathan uh, Siegel announced that you know i will be uh, i will go towards the greater eagle. Achieve uh, what that uh, he or she has achieved. Uh, how did the crowd react? You give a brief sort of uh, a glimpse into it that you know you, this is not the path you're taken, uh, uh, you're supposed to take. But how else did they react? And how would you equate to that? Uh, equate that to our uh, current society?
1: There's one interesting part in the book where in his early days when he was. Uh, an outcast, right? Or he was labeled an outcast. Rather, he he officially became an outcast when, in the seagull community, they have uh, they have a council gathering. Right? I, I don't know; it's a very formal community, and uh, and he was asked to stand at the center in front of the elder gulls, and um, they, they, they 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 sort of shunned him for his uh, reckless irresponsibility. And and they, they told him that you know irresponsibility does not pay, life is the unknown and the unknowable, except that we are put into this world to eat, to stay alive as long as possible, as, as long as we possibly can. And nobody sort of and, and he was exiled or he was made to be exiled to the far cliffs, which where he would live alone for the rest of his life. Um and 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 he, he was he was completely distraught, not because he was leaving. He has to leave his family, but because he, the elders or none of, one, none of the people at the flock could actually think that a seagull could do more than eat and survive, right? His passion was flight, was flying, um, and that is something that every seagull does, but nobody prioritizes, and he told them, you know, more who is more, more responsible than a girl who finds and follows a meaning, a higher purpose for life? for a thousand years we have scrabbled after fish heads and now we have a reason to live to learn to discover and to be free give me one chance let me show you what i've found wow that that's that, that's a, straight out of like a, a an inspirational talk yeah. or a, motivational <laughs> a movie yeah a movie yeah like you know, a football movie <laughs> yeah this is written in like i think the 1970s or the 1980s right and and it's written from the perspective of a seagull who wants to fly and To be very honest uh, i have no association with seagulls because i have not lived uh, near a sea Uh, so like thank you for clarifying that so i mean like this just think about it right i i I, the only perspective whenever i think of a seagull the first thing that comes to my mind is that seagull from finding nemo wants to eat right and that's like a stupid creature that that just wants to eat which is exactly what he's described but then there's this seagull who's doing pinwheels and loops like an eagle does or a hawk does, right? Fascinating.
0: Yeah. Um, So the society sort of literally shunned him, uh, shunned the seagull. And, you know, that that speaks to the confined mindset, which is so uh, abundant, Uh, you know, where we are uh, sort of forced to, not forced, that, that that sort of the coercion is very subtle, you know. That you you need to take the path that is set, uh, and uh, and you need to think about uh, the goals that have already been set. But the biggest question that I think uh, anyone should ask themselves uh, themselves is that. Uh, who set these goals? Whose expectations uh, are these? Uh, is it yours? Is it, is it your parents? Is it your societies? And, and and that can be a great start, you know, to actually realize what it is. Because uh, if you do not examine, I think uh, uh, this quote from Socrates is, is uh, very irrelevant here, that, you know, a life that unexamined examined isn't a life worth living. And that is very true. Uh, most of the society, uh, and even the society that you, that has been described uh, in the book, they are living a life uh, that is unexamined. An they've never questioned anything. They, they've always believed that there is a certain path set, and uh, they have to take that path. Uh, and it's only the few who sort of question here. Uh, it's it's Jonathan the Siegel uh, who questions that path, the questions that expectation. Um, and and in that he he realizes that that may not be what he wants, uh, and and hence takes up this uh, this journey or this quest to achieve uh, to achieve his greater self. Uh, that is true. Uh, examining because going back to the uh, a few episodes earlier, like when we discussed. The book Brave New World, uh, where you know people are conditioned. That is very true. The society is also conditioned, and people who are part of it are conditioned in certain regards. Uh, the person who sort of questions that and goes uh, and and sees the problem in that uh, is the one who is going to achieve great things. Uh, and it's sort of we we talked about Rahul Dravid. Uh, a cricketer, a famous cricketer and legendary cricketer who, who sort of questioned the path, the, the, the current path or the, the expected path, and he went uh, beyond it or different from it. And uh, while actually, after I read this uh, summary, uh, I was reminded immediately of uh, this documentary, uh, uh, Netflix documentary on Michael Jordan, The Last Times. Have you watched that, Akash?
1: no no i haven't I've been meaning to okay like netflix subscription
0: is fantastic <laughs> uh yeah so uh yeah it's it's an incredible documentary uh it's it's mainly about uh, michael jordan and uh, his chicago bulls uh, how they won the six uh, nba nba championships uh which is which is an incredible achievement uh but this is i think in episodes it is episode seven there is this one particular moment towards the end of the episode and and i have gone back and watched that uh, that scene so many times like i've forgotten i mean i haven't forgotten like I, I the the rest of the documentary is there but this is the the part that i've revisited so many times so let me tell you what happens in that uh, i think it's very apt for this conversation, in that episode seven, towards the end, uh, his teammates, uh, Michael Jordan's uh, teammates, they they uh, they are asked, you know, uh, how was Michael Jordan in in, in training? Uh, because uh, a lot of people described him as a as an asshole, as a, as a as not being a nice guy. And Michael Jordan uh, and, and the documentary uh, uh, people show that clip, show those clips to Michael Jordan. And, and this is a very beautiful moment. Uh, I think it's a few minutes uh, uh, where he describes uh, his mentality. Uh, you know, he says that winning has a prize. Leadership has a prize. Uh, when, you, when, when, when his teammates join his team uh, they played with a certain standard that he had set. And Michael Jordan's standard is the highest. Uh, and he didn't take anything less than that. Uh, now, if he had to be a bad guy to get that out of his teammates to reach that level, then he did that. Uh, that's why people may have called him a tyrant, uh, as, as not being a nice guy. And he, had, he says this very beautifully. He says that that's because they have never won anything in their lives. Uh, and, and he he wanted to win and he wanted his teammates to win as well. And, and towards the end of this, uh, he tears up. He actually tears up defending his mentality. His mentality of, you know, always winning, of, his mentality of always reaching those great heights and pushing his own limits, pushing his own boundaries. Uh, and that sort of struck with me uh, because, you know, we all want to Reach uh, that level of uh, we all we all want to have that kind of mentality uh, of win at all costs to win all the time and to reach the highest level of our professions uh, or whatever we do, but but rarely we see the side, uh, but rarely do we see the things that we have to do to get there. I, I'm sure even in the book uh, when when when. Johnson the seagull decided that he is going to uh, going on that quest uh, to achieve the thing uh, done by the great uh, the greater seagull. Uh, he did not suddenly have uh, superpowers or or you know some crazy uh, powers that made him fly fast and higher, right. It was a process that he uh, he earlier may not have sort of, uh, been into it, but now when he realized his, when he had questioned, when he had examined, uh, when he realized that there is something more to the conventional path, uh, he was more determined to go through that process uh, than he had before. Is that is that a good way to uh, assess that uh, journey, Akash?
1: Yeah. So I, in 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 the parallel that Bach draws, um, and the, he he sort of. Uh, once in the parallel that Bach draws, he find, he, he, he narrates that um, Livingston, Jonathan, has, has moved from this world to a new world, right? Because mm. like, that's how he's transformed his mentality into sort of focusing just on flying. And in that new world, he finds other seagulls. I don't know if he imagines it or he actually finds other seagulls who are who are like him, who want to uh, fly like him and fly, fly fast. And he meets um in this new world he meets an elder who who is as fast as him and he tells him that i want to touch perfect speed um he doesn't define it he he, he, in jonathan's mind the perfect speed is a certain number you know 250 miles per hour 300 miles per hour something like that Hmm. but the, the the bird the elder tells him that um it is, there is no number that you can put on it because if you put a number on it, you are limited. You just have to achieve perfect speed. And you achieve perfect speed when you feel like you're free while flying. And, and that, that is when you touch your perfect speed. And that isn't flying a thousand miles an hour or a million or flying at the speed of light because any number is a limit. And perfection doesn't have limits. Perfect speed, my son, he says, is just being there and again this seems very uh seems like it has a deeper meaning but uh, and it does uh it 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 does to at least to jonathan it did and this allowed him to sort of not focus on the product which is 300 250 etc and focus on the process which is just practice 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 you know just hammer the the basics um and this helped him in all his sort of pursuits and this sort of uh, and the way we can learn about this is also um, in in terms of in terms of the, the analogy with uh, rahul ravid i think that there's again in some of his interviews he he, he keeps saying that um he would have a, a you, you know when when we were when we were kids we used to have um, a cricket ball on a rope, in a sock, and mm, we would hit yeah. it, right? And <laughs> yes. in, in the doorway. Yes. Uh, so he used to do that in every hotel room he went, right? And you could sort of think about it in a way where why would someone who is who's batting in the nets, who's batting next day on the field, why would he want to uh, um, get a cricket ball into his room and keep hammering that? Because he needs to hammer the technique because no matter how could you get, you can get better. And no matter how good you get you can always practice uh, and none of the extra practice at least none of the extra practice on the technique will do you any harm right and mm. and it isn't about chasing um in his in his uh, career it wasn't at all about chasing a 100 or a 200 or a whatever right it was about hammering that technique and um and that comes through practice. And that comes through, as you said, with the Michael Jordan example, it comes through practice with a winning mentality. right? Uh, and it's not just going through the motions. It is going through the motions with the objective of, I want to win, I want to get better, and I want to achieve my target, whatever it is. But the first focus should always be on hammering the technique. And that's what it was with, uh, with the seagull. That's what it was uh, with the creditor.
0: So do you think that is sort of the biggest uh, limiting factor among people? You know, uh, people who do realize that greatness can be achieved, but it's it's a very uh, Under price. long and arduous, uh, yeah, arduous uh, road. And maybe that's what uh, sets them off. You know, I don't want to do that. I'm happy with what I am. Happy with the money I'm earning. I'm happy with the life that i have uh, is that is that a good thing uh, for a person to think or should should everybody sort of uh think about going going the extra mile or, or putting the effort uh, that they that putting the effort to achieve their greatest selves i think most people are impatient hmm? that's that's the main
1: main problem um, it might not be a problem but it might be a limitation that people put on themselves uh, and, and impatience with anything is a problem. Impatience with money is a problem. I want to make money fast. Make money fast does not last long, right? Mm. Uh, I want to I want to get big fast. I want to get strong fast. I want to get fast fast. <laughs> I want to get uh, uh, ripped fast. Uh, all of these things doesn't work, right? Mm. Uh, impatience is probably one of the main problems. And it's about um, having that, I mean, the, David Goggins says this very clearly, you can have the motivation, but the minute the wind hits your face, it's gone. Cold wind hits your face. Yeah, the cold wind hits your face, the rain hits your face, yes. anything hits your face, it's gone. Um, and, and that's because you don't want to be patient enough to endure the cold wind, the heavy weight, the financial losses, the whatever it is, right? And build it through through that. And it's only when you build it through that, persist, 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 like the seagull did. He fell in water. He almost hit a cliff. He was outcast. Um, he, he was living alone for several years, just practicing his craft with nothing else to do. Um, those situations did help him, but it made him realize that, you know, this is something that I would rather do in that for, you know, I would rather do every single day for the long run in order to get better at flying. And that can be applied to anything that you're doing uh, with respect to you know whatever it is that you want to achieve. The main thing is, um, it has to be a patient process. It has to be a consistent process and it has to be a compounding process.
0: Yes. Uh, and especially, I, I would like to stress upon the word patient because, you know, uh, most often oftentimes we see this, right? where. Uh, a person is uh, he 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 examines his life and he's taking that hard long and arduous path of achieving his greater self uh, and and but one of the problem one of the mistakes that he might do is start comparing uh, himself to the Uh, to the people who did not take that and he might see that you know when he has sort of a slump like where six months or one year where he's just putting he's just working working and he's not getting anything sizable out of it then he sees his peers who who took the conventional path and they're doing well or better than him and then he uh, he sort of feels that you know he might have made a mistake. But that's, uh, that's that's one of the things that I've noticed. And that's one of the things, personally speaking, uh, you know, it, it has affected me. Uh, I'm not saying that I've, I've taken uh, uh, a con- uh, like an unconventional path. Like we, we're all trying to take some kind of an unconventional path in our lives. Uh, but we start comparing ourselves to our peers and see, oh, I'm, 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 I'm for example, I'm 20 two and oh, this guy at 22 is a millionaire this guy at 22 he's he's he has, he's working on building himself what am i doing at 22 i'm just taking this stupid path <laughs> it's not going to work uh, i've been doing it for for a year now and, and that's where i think people sort of lose that and uh, lose their uh, vision of of what they had decided to do and going past that is definitely a challenge because you don't see anything at that point of time uh, but we really have to pull ourselves back and and look at the uh, the 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 goal that we said the, the vision that we have and and re- revisit that in order to get back on our path sure we may not get the the, the intended results six months in one year in but you know like they say it takes 10 years to be a champion you know if if you want to be a jiu black belt it 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 you start from a white belt and it takes 10 years 10 years to reach the the first level of the first degree of of, of your black belt and it goes on and on you know mastery is 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 a long uh, long journey but it's definitely a journey that is worth it uh, well I, I'm not saying that you know because uh, you might wonder that you know we we haven't achieved any mastery so how would we know but we all have seen people who have achieved that mastery, right? And and they all describe it in a way that it's totally worth it. Everything that they went through, every sort of single, uh, the, the, every single uh, uh, trouble that they went through, be it you know uh, having some kind of a disease or not having enough money to to eat food or, or take care of the family, and yet yet persisting, like you said, Akash. Uh, they all say when they all look back, they all say it was worth it, and that's the that's the thing that we don't realize when we are in that uh, journey ourselves. We don't we don't look us look at ourselves from that uh, from that far out. Yeah, we're just here, and we're thinking about here and now. So maybe that's that's one of the that's one other limiting factor that people might have. Uh, what do you think about that akash is there something related to that in the book or what are your personal thoughts on that particular thing
1: i think comparison is 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 always bad uh especially if you are so uniquely different uh in a good way obviously in uh compared to other people and uh in, in terms of comparison i think uh, uh one of the best ways that i've sort of figured out to not compare myself to people especially peers is um, there's that uh, Naval Khan saying mm, saying that yes, if you yes. if you want to compare yourself to someone you can't uh, do it in a piecemeal way. You compare it. You can't pick and choose completely. You can't pick and choose, right? Yes. If you want to have someone else's life, you can't have the good parts. You have to have the I mean, you have to have everything the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and 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 <laughs> sort of thinking about it in that way for for me personally uh, if if i you know that this happens very often when you scroll through social media and you see someone doing something that you would do you would like to do or you would like to be doing uh, you and you immediately look, use that uh, line of thinking i can i i want that but you know he or she also has that and i don't want that hmm. so can't pick and choose you can never pick and choose and and, and you probably don't know uh, uh, what has he or she gone through to get it, what other things are happening in, uh, in their life. And this is uh, very similar to, I think, one of the points mentioned by Morgan Housel in, in the psychology of money, where we see someone driving a nice car or we see someone living in a big house and we look at the object. We don't look at the person, right? Um, and out of what he's gone through to get that. Uh, and I think that is something that we need to look at. And it is a long process. And whoever has that and worked at it patiently deserves it um and in the book uh, he since he's 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 an outcast, he realizes that um he has had a long and arduous task of 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 um, uh, building himself up as being um a, a bird who loves to fly and rather than a bird who loves to eat and live uh, he wants to take that knowledge that he has you know learnt and and imparted to. The second generation of of seagulls who come to him because as so in in in, a, in, in the late, in the sort of later stages of the book he's as he's living alone in the in the far cliffs, there are other birds who come to him right they they are also outcasts and they and they come to him a because they've been exiled B, because they want to learn from him and and they did and this is again very similar to what's happened with uh rahul ravit's later career um that probably I think from 2008, 9, 10, 11, when he was becoming like the older person in the team, he uh, became more of a mentor to most people in the team. He moved from, in the IPL, he moved from Bangalore to Rajasthan and became uh, like a proper mentor to a lot of the young folk who who were there. Uh, and after he retired he didn't take, he could take any plush job right a commentary job an analyst job an anchor any of these things uh, or at least it, yeah. high paying jobs in, in the administration that like so many of his peers have or you know r- r- write a book or go go become a a coach in an ipl franchise as well uh, where it's just you know short term uh, high pay uh, but he decided to go and work in the india a india under 19 teams and, and he's done fantastically well Right. Yes, uh, and he's, he's and he's working with uh, the grassroots uh, um, cricket academy in 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 Karnataka as well. So it's 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 very reminiscent of what uh, Jonathan has done, where he has taken the knowledge that he has uh, learned through pursuit of excellence, learned it all on his own, hammered down the technique, you know, constantly done practice, 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 and. Taken that to the younger generation, imparted it. Not that listen, I am the great seagull giving this knowledge to you. I'm just saying he's he's given it in a way where um, this is the great knowledge that you can take and impart on your in yourself. Like forget about who's given it to you, use it in the right way.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so I want to go back to the uh, topic of the limiting factors, the limits that we put on ourselves, um, and i want to talk about that a bit further um, i'm again reminded of another documentary which uh, i had watched uh, it's it's called delt uh, i'm not sure if you've heard of it i think not a lot of people know about it even i came to know about it from uh, one of tim Ferriss's newsletter he described it as one of the best documentary he'd ever seen uh, so obviously i was it piqued my interest so i watched it and 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 it certainly is one of the best documentaries on, on, a, on a subject that i have seen as well uh, so the movie is called Delt, and it's about a magician called Richard Turner, a card magician, who's ex- excellent. Uh, he's one of the best in, in, in card uh, mad, uh, card tricks. Yeah, And uh, people come to his show, they watch his show, they're mesmerized uh, until at one point uh, towards the end of the show when they actually start pu- uh, putting their attention on him. And they actually see, oh, something's, something's not right here. And then they realize that he can't see he is blind oh. He's a blind man who's doing card tricks, who's doing exceptional world class level card tricks. yeah and, and think about that. A card card trick like y- there's no way for you to perceive what, what is there on the card without, without like a braille kind of a thing, which he doesn't have though. He knows what card what it is on his deck and he always carries cards around uh, in, his, in, his, in his hands. And, and that documentary, it was, it was a very beautiful watch. I urge everybody to watch it if you have the time. Uh, he, he had a great life early on. Uh, he wasn't blind when he was born. Uh, he had a great life. But then there was a genetic disease that sort of started uh, covering his uh, retina, uh, at, I think, in his early 20s. And by 27, 28, he was, he was completely blind. Uh, so, so he knows how it is to have vision and he also knows how it is to not have vision, right? And, and, you know, he had vision. He could have, compared to the people who are born blind, who do not know what lies out there, uh, the vision, you know, he knew, he had enjoyed it, he experienced it. And when he went blind, you know, he had, he had an option. He, he could have just given up everything. He could have been completely depressed uh, by his condition, uh, knowing that he couldn't do anything. There was no medical uh, solution to it. He could, have, he could have just given up. But that, that limit, which, was, which is a huge-ass limit, right? Uh, it's not a mental limit that you know, he's putting it on himself. Sure, to a certain extent, it is. Uh, but it's the physical limit as well. Once he moved his mental limit aside, when he pushed, you know, that the, the mental limit of blindness being a bad thing, of being a very limiting factor, when he pushed that, his physical limit also sort of pushed away. Not, not literally, but mentally, his physical limit, like he did not care about being blind that much, right? He continued to do tricks. He, he even became a, a, a karate black belt uh, while being blind. Uh, you know, breaking bricks and all those things. And, and, and to this day, uh, he's, he's very, you know, athletic, he's fit, he's muscular, and, and he's still doing card tricks. He's, he's considered one of the greatest magicians, uh, card magicians uh, in, 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 in the world. And, and he says, you know, in the end of the, at the end of the documentary, uh, I think it was one of the last lines, he just says, I like the way I see which is very beautiful. You know? <laughs> yes. He, he, he says that, you know, people, uh, believe darkness, people are afraid of darkness and that's why they think, you know, blindness to be the worst misery or the most terrible misery that can be imposed upon a person. And he even had that belief, but when that, that, when that belief actually came true, uh, to him, he had to choose. He had to choose. Uh, about what he has to do now uh, what do you think akash like obviously uh, that's a very big thing that he did but in terms of everyday folks the limiting factors why do people i mean why do you think like people put these limiting factors uh, is it because that they don't uh, is it because they want they're giving themselves uh, excuses you know uh, un- subconsciously that for the things that they don't want to do or what is it what do you think it is
1: one of the things that uh, is very evident is is we as normal people look at uh, extraordinary people and always say something like uh, they probably have something I don't right Mm -hmm. and it can be something very 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 minuscule stupid that doesn't really Account for mental superiority or physical superiority, and we end up de- defying people, right? idolizing them unnecessarily, uh, and 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 this happens with anyone who is who has struggled um, and and achieved excellence beyond uh, what the normal uh, crowd does, and for instance, in the book. Um, the, the, the lesser seagulls, right, who can't fly as fast as Jonathan can, used to say some irrelevant things like, uh, oh, he had purple eyes. I don't have purple eyes. I have brown eyes. I will never be a great seagull like him. has nothing to do with your flying. Uh, it's just that you don't want to take that effort to continuously fly and be able to do that. And there are a lot of people who have... Uh, who who have again predisposed uh, uh, handicaps right let's mm-hmm. let's call it that uh, and in spite of that they're able to do what they want like like uh, richard turner as you described just did and um but but the larger crowd i think probably for you know hunting for excuses mm-hmm. um, or just not not willing to put in that work or whatever but one of the easiest ways we we always put ourselves down and sort of look at them and say that, oh, you guys are so great, I can never be like you. And that's, I think the worst thing that we can do. We shouldn't see, we shouldn't put people on a pedestal that we are not willing to climb upon, hmm. right? That's that's something we can't do. If, if we put someone on a pedestal, then um, that's it. Then there, Then we'll automatically believe that we're lower and we can never reach that. So don't put people on a pedestal. Find out what they do, like simple things that they do. Try to do the same thing in a regular fashion, and I think we can definitely achieve that.
0: Yeah, and also think the uh, the self-talk is very important in this aspect. You know, uh, people berate themselves uh, themselves while they're talking to themselves. You know, you, you, you're a total shit. You can't do this. What do you What do you think of yourself? You think you're the greatest? The this, this self-talk is. Uh, is very important. Once you change that to being more positive, uh, you 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 can see that mental shift in your own mindset. You're not limiting yourself. Uh, you're actually pushing yourself. Like uh, going back to David Goggins, uh, I think in his book uh, "Can't Hurt Can't Hurt Me," he, he describes his accountability mirror, and and he he did not tell say it out, uh, explicitly, but there was a shift in his in his, in his uh, self-talk, like when he was looking at himself in the mirror, he, he did think that, you know, he's total, totally fat, he's dumb, he's stupid. But sure, that helped him. But there was a certain shift in, in his mentality where he realized that, you know, he has to be accountable for those things. Uh, he has to be accountable. He can't just blame it on faith. He can't blame it on on other things. Taking responsibility is the biggest uh, starting factor, I I think. You know, you 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 dealt with uh, you dealt with a hand in your uh, dealt with different sort of things in your life. Yeah, you can either complain about it or you can take responsibility about it. You can be accountable and you can start uh, taking uh, action from there. And that's what uh, has to be done. And and that is what uh, I think even in the book, uh, the the, the seagull tries to do. Uh, you know, people he sees that people uh, aren't living, aren't being very accountable, and he says, you know, I want to, I don't want to be like that. I want to be different, and and that's what that's what he does. And and I think it can, the self-stalking maybe like an accountability mirror. You can have a mastery mirror where you look at yourself in the mirror every day, and you and you and you think that and he's going to say to yourself that you know i'm going to achieve that and i truly believe that you need to increase the level of your goals you need to reach for those highest levels of 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 uh, uh, excellence that can be achieved in your profession or whatever you're trying to achieve you need to aim for that you anything short of that you are not going to achieve that right uh and once you start aiming for that you will truly put in the work that is required to reach reach there right and and that's when i think people will build that mentality of win at all costs uh and 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 uh, win, win all time and that is really important the mastery aiming for excellence aiming for mastery aiming to be the best in the world at what you are doing uh, at what you want to do that is that is the that is the best way that you can you can start living a life that is unconventional, living a life that is that is different from the uh, path uh, of what the uh, what the society is taking, and 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 it's it's the road less traveled, and that is where you need to you need to go. That is where that is where you know you need to start building that that sort of mentality. Uh, any other. Uh, thoughts on the book that we might have missed out or anything that you think uh, is important to talk about
1: I think we've covered it all uh, in summary it's uh, chase excellence uh, don't yes. mind being an outcast
0: uh, learn through the process and yes. don't put people on a pedestal yes yeah that's a great summary of the book and truly aim for that mastery aim for that excellence Uh and uh, that's it from us uh, this week. We will also aim to be the best <laughs> podcast in the world, certainly. Uh, it is a journey. We will do it. We will get there. Uh, so, yes, that's it from us this week. And we will see you next week. Until then, take care and keep going.